0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Precision Health Pod, where we talk to the pioneers building the future of health and get a glimpse into their everyday health routines. Today, we want to welcome Sarah Morgan, Head of Nutrition Innovation at Routine. Sarah has 15 years of experience in clinical practice and has been an entrepreneur and founder herself as well. And today, we are talking to Sarah about stress and cortisol. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. To get started, tell me a little bit more about your clinical practice experience and why stress is such a hot topic right now. Yeah, so I
1: worked uh, in clinical practice helping individuals with all kinds of different health issues. And really, my passion is to infuse the power of nutrition into human health. My nickname was the Gene Queen. So I connected a lot of dots from looking at different biomarkers, genetics, you know, health history to really optimize health and it really does unlock something when we personalize things and we really figure out those strategic next steps for individuals. So I'm very passionate about that. And why is stress important? It's important because it impacts 100% of us in modern world, and it impacts every organ, every tissue, and every cell of our body. And I think we have really a misunderstanding of how significant stress is for our overall health.
0: When you say 100% of us and our organs, our tissues, what does that mean? What, what, what does stress do to our bodies? How can it manifest itself?
1: Yeah, so I think the first thing is to define stress, right? So stress is a challenge and we're all designed physiologically to rise to the occasion of a challenge, whether that challenge is physical, it's emotional or psychological, it's environmental. And the body should rise up with this hormones that we secrete, and then it comes back to balance, homeostasis. The problem is when we get in these chronic stress responses and we're kind of stuck in this fight or flight mode, not only in our bodies, but also in our brain that we have a lot of problems. So um, our every single cell has receptors for our stress hormones. Cortisol is one of the main stress hormones. We also have adrenaline. Uh, which makes us kind of feel that breathy, you know, the heart rate comes up, we get sweaty and nervous. um, And they work together to uh, get us ready to respond to that stress. But again, over time, what happens is chronic stress can lead to all these alterations, problems, whether that makes you feel more anxious, you're depressed, it impacts your sleep negatively, all of a sudden you have GI issues that weren't there before, but you have this really stressful job or Something changed in your life like a new baby and you're not sleeping anymore and uh, you're breaking out. There's all kinds of things connected to an altered stress response that can be really significant for our overall health.
0: So we hear a lot about cortisol. You just mentioned cortisol is one of the key hormones. How does cortisol and stress relate to each other? What's the link there?
1: Yeah, so... Cortisol is a circadian hormone. So we have this 24-hour circadian rhythm where we have wakefulness during the day and we have our sleep side at night. So cortisol is our wakeful hormone. It's the most active during the day. We have a natural rhythm where it comes up in the morning, helps us wake up, feel ready to take on our day, and it naturally goes down into the afternoon and it's almost zero in the evening. And so cortisol is one responsible for wakefulness. It's also really important for immune system regulation. It's an anti-inflammatory hormone. It is important for your metabolism and it's responsible for that fight or flight stress response. So the connection between stress and cortisol is it's one of the primary signalers that from your brain to the rest of your body that, hey, it's time to get ready and respond to stress. Again, in the short term, not a bad thing. In the long term, chronically, all of a sudden we can tip the scales into a direction where we have these health problems that start to creep up.
0: So it sounds like cortisol imbalance can be the root of a lot of different health problems. Obviously stress 100%. and chronic stress, but what else?
1: Yeah. So I would say one of the some of the big things that I see, um, one would be mood dysregulation. So So many different conditions. If you literally take the word stress and put it before that, I think it helps us kind of connect the dots of like stress, anxiety, stress, depression. There's literally something called stress hyperglycemia, meaning your blood sugars go up because you're under stress. It can cause insulin resistance, lead to type 2 diabetes. There's stress, high blood pressure. Our blood pressure goes up when we're under stress. We can have stress acne. We can have stress insomnia. There's, I mean, it, it's really endless if you look at the disruption again to our 24-hour circadian rhythm, what happens when our bodies are kind of set into this alarm state where the smoke detector is chronically going off. Everything starts to kind of teeter-totter and become imbalanced.
0: And what would you say are some of the most common symptoms? You listed a lot. So are there certain symptoms that more people have um, than others? You
1: know, it's a really great question. I would say that Everybody's awareness of their body um, is really different. Some people don't actually feel stress the way that their hormonal levels show in a blood test or even something like I have an aura ring. So wearable technology is really helpful here. But it can start with something like, you know, you feel anxious, you feel depressed, maybe you're fatigued. Again, you have like butterfly stomach, nervous stomach. Uh, you start to have more GI symptoms, whether that's gas, bloating, loose stool, constipation. Yes, all of those are related to stress. You can start to break out all of a sudden. Uh, it's like, w- what's happening to me? I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s and 40s, and all of a sudden, I feel like I'm a teenager again. Your hormones, um, as a male or female, your sex hormones can become imbalanced. You can start to gain weight. You notice like belly fat, even puffiness around your face is a sign of high cortisol, but again, I say that because I've worked with people that are very unaware of their bodies, so they're very disconnected. And this happens when we're kind of that rushing person syndrome, just going around and we start to become really disconnected and somewhat numb, which is a trauma response to our stress. And we're not really connected to the symptoms. And so it's really important, I believe, to also test your stress, assess your stress through even things like wearables so you understand where you're at. Because I've talked to people who are like they're very aware they can pinpoint the week, the day that their stress started. Other people are like, I don't know, I don't even feel stressed and I'll test. And they have crazy cortisol imbalances. They're all over the place and they don't sleep well. And it's like, oh, yeah, I guess I haven't felt good in a decade. 100%. And I really recommend that. So there's a few ways to test your cortisol. You can do a blood test. It's a hormone that shows up in your bloodstream. You can also do a salivary test. And the research is very clear that blood and saliva are very equivalent. So the nice thing about saliva, it's a lot more convenient. It's a lot less invasive. Because you have a cortisol rhythm throughout the day, it's important to test more than one point. So if you go to your doctor, a lot of times They're going to do one cortisol point, maybe if you're lucky in the morning. A lot of times it's random throughout the day whenever you get to the lab. That is not sufficient enough. You need to test multiple points throughout the day to be able to see what your rhythm is and where the disruptions are. So when I came in and helped develop our stress program at Routine, it was really important to do a multi-point test. So I dug into the scientific literature to say, do we have enough information to understand what an optimal cortisol curve is? And we, uh, we basically plotted a really awesome curve that I think is best in market based off of 144,000 data points. And so we can look at somebody's cortisol curve now and really see these different patterns that would give us clues as to what's going on in the body. Because our stress is, it really does start in the brain. Um, It does start in your head and it's connected to the rest of your body through something called your HPA axis. So your hypothalamus pituitary gland are perceiving stress, send signals down to your adrenal glands that release this cortisol that we can measure. So at routine, we have these different stress types based off of the cortisol test. So an optimal is a nice curve that we want to see. It's you, it rises in the morning, you have really good energy when you wake up, it naturally comes down into the evening, you fall asleep well, you get a great sleep cycle. We also have alarmed, which is the first stage that I would say a lot of people find themselves in, and this is where you have chronically elevated cortisol as a pattern throughout the day. This was me. I tested. I also tested on a day that my toilet flooded, so I had really high levels of cortisol. So again, our bodies respond to stressors. And there are certain symptoms that you see in an alarm state versus the next, if we continue to go on with this chronic stress response, we have imbalance. And an imbalanced uh, stress type is someone that will have high and low cortisol levels throughout the day. So you might actually start low in the morning. You're kind of dragging, getting out of the bed, feeling really tired. And as the day goes on, you might notice these alterations where you have, you know, sugar cravings, salt cravings, you want to take an afternoon nap. And then all of a sudden at night, you get a second wind and you want to stay up late and become a night owl because you're teeter tottering and your cortisol levels are kind of all over the place and imbalanced throughout the day. And the final stage is exhausted. And this is where you just see a curve of cortisol that's not a curve at all. It's actually a flat line. It's just, and it's because someone's exhausted, their hormonal system is really depleted. What's interesting is typically we see this over a spectrum of time where someone in the exhausted state, it takes them a while to get there. But things like COVID and different types of infections and long haul COVID, one of the classic markers of long haul COVID is flatlined low cortisol levels throughout the day where we don't have the curve, but levels are just suppressed all throughout the day. And these people are really exhausted. They just have a really hard time doing daily functions. They're in more pain because they don't have the anti-inflammatory abilities of cortisol. Their immune systems are more dysfunctional. So um, really cool to be able to type your cortisol test, understand your stress type, because the way that you recover is really different based off of what's going on with your cortisol curve.
0: So it sounds like this combination of cortisol and stress and kind of how symptoms show up, where your levels are, it's all pretty complicated. I'm guessing people get this wrong a lot. What are some of the most common things that people get wrong about stress?
1: Yeah, I think people, the one of the biggest things people get wrong about stress is they write it off. They just, oh yeah, like I'm stressed, you're stressed, we're all stressed. Like let's just jump in the stress boat and sail off to never, never land of nothing's going to get better. The reality is your stress can take over your health if you don't do something about it. And this is not just related to, oh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit more anxious or depressed or I'm tired. This turns into things like insulin resistance, metabolic problems, uh, type 2 diabetes, eventually heart disease, increased risk for cancer. Uh, when you don't sleep well you don't perform well so you don't you, and you also don't have the mental and emotional resilience so these these little things with stress that we kind of tend to write off in modern world as almost a badge of honor are things that 5 10 15 20 years down the road lead to most of the chronic illnesses that we face as a population so if we deal with our stress we deal with our imbalanced cortisol levels We're really optimizing our health in uh, just an incredible way across the board. I think about it like a spider web that really connects everything about what it means to have optimal health.
0: Are you tired of guesswork when it comes to your health? Look no further. Routine is here to simplify your wellness journey and help you unlock your best health. With Routine's convenient at-home lab tests and customized nutrient solutions, you can fast track your health goals and understand your body like never before. No more one-size-fits-all approaches. Routine tailors science-backed plans and custom nutrient solutions to your unique needs, providing personalized nutrients, insights, and guidance. From smart multivitamins based on your lab test results to targeted supplements and personalized improvement plans for stress management, Routine has you covered. Experienced unmatched results that you can track and feel, allowing you to achieve your full health potential with routine. Visit routine.co to start your personalized path to ultimate well-being. Say goodbye to the hassle of generic solutions and take control of your health today. And we've talked a little bit about testing cortisol, but there's all this innovation around um, even continuous cortisol testing. We're not there yet. Uh, But we have a lot of wearables now um, that have been validated on a clinical basis. Some of them um, are working towards clinical validation, others, uh, but HRV, it's a really popular um, metric uh, biomarker that people are looking at now. How does HRV and stress relate to each other? And how can we kind of use HRV to help optimize our stress over time?
1: Yeah, this is an area that I'm so excited about because technology is really unlocking real time uh, body feedback that allows us to measure our stress response and interventions and how our body is doing. So HRV, as you said, heart rate variability, is the beat-to-beat variation of your heart rate, and what it's actually measuring is your autonomic nervous system function. So your autonomic nervous system is responsible for things that are involuntary. So if you think about like your heart rate, blood pressure, digestion, breathing, you're not telling yourself, okay, I have to have my heart beat. And what we've connected HRV to is basically overall resilience and not only that, but a predictor of future health problems. Now, if your HRV is also really suppressed in the moment, it can actually be indicative of something that's currently going on with your health. But the way that we're using HRV to predict future health problems is very exciting for me and potentially even lifespan. Uh, which is really interesting about HRV. So when we think about stress and we think about the way that we're, for example, creating a personalized plan for someone, cortisol is really important to test and specifically throughout the day and understanding where you're at in your stress response. And then I really believe in using something like a wearable to understand how you're responding to your daily routine to, okay, I tried this for my sleep. I tried this type of exercise when I'm in the alarmed state of a stress type. How did I respond? Okay, I'm changing this about my diet. What is my HRV doing? And it's a really powerful metric to see that real-time feedback of how you're doing related to your stress
0: response. It's fascinating how all these data points can work together to really not only improve on the short term, but kind of think about Improving on the long term in terms of health span, in terms of longevity, in terms of overarching chronic disease prevention and management as we think about longer, longer term down the line. So we've talked a lot about all the problems that stress can create: mood problems, depression, anxiety. Cortisol imbalance also plays a role in weight um, and skin concerns. So if people listening are experiencing a lot of these problems, what are some things they can do to balance their cortisol levels to manage their stress better?
1: Yeah. Great question. So there's a lot you can do. So I, this is what I'm all about is the hopeful message. So there's always hope, no matter what you're facing, no matter how bad your stress is or your cortisol levels are, you can recover even in that, you know, really suppressed state of an exhausted uh, stress type. So one of my favorite things is light. So light is powerful signaling to the brain. And when you get outside and you get morning light, your retina is actually brain cells which is really cool to think about how your eye is going to perceive the time of day send a signal to your brain and tell your brain what hormones to produce when again this goes into circadian health circadian medicine so if your cortisol is off one of the best things you can do is get out 5 to 10 minutes of morning light you do not have to stare at the sun just be outside when it's if it's cloudy Aim for more 10 minutes if it's pretty sunny, five should be good. Same thing in the evening because we want the angle of the sun to start telling our brain when to produce these different hormones because we want a nice cortisol awakening response where we get that nice rise in the morning of cortisol. And we want the same thing in the evening with melatonin. And that evening light will help to increase the amount of melatonin at bedtime to help with your sleep cycle. So number one is light. The other thing with that is we've got to watch blue light at night or screens because it's very stimulating It messes up with our sleep cycle. It doesn't mean you can't be on screens. Just put on blue light blacking glasses. It can be that simple. Watch your deep sleep and REM. It does improve um, if you wear that. Second thing is get outside. Being outside in nature is actually better than taking a nap in terms of stabilizing your cortisol levels if they're off, which is so cool. So nature is therapeutic for us. And then another one is your diet. The big thing that I see a a needle mover for anybody who's got cortisol issues is you've got to prioritize protein. You've got to get adequate protein that helps stabilize your blood sugars. And it really kind of puts this governor and control on how high your stress hormones are going to go throughout the day so you can feel more stable. Another thing I love is different supplements. There's a lot of really powerful adaptogenic herbs that help bring us back to that homeostatic balance. If we're high, if we're low, it brings us to that nice place of balance faster than what we can do on our own with lifestyle. So when we combined all of these lifestyle pieces, diet, supplementation together, we really see this picture of accelerated healing.
0: What are some of those ingredients or supplements that are really doing wonders on that cortisol balance?
1: Yeah, great question. So one of my favorites is ashwagandha. A lot of people have heard about that in terms of cortisol balancing. Um, I really like rhodiola as well. That's um, one that is a personal favorite of mine. Um, Magnolia bark extract is another one that is commonly used, especially for people who are feeling maybe a little bit more anxious. They're kind of like pent up a little bit more. That can be really, really helpful. Um, There's a lot of adaptogens that you can use for different reasons. There's also other nutrients that are really helpful that can modulate some of the, you know, stimulating side of your brain to the calming side of your brain. I call it your gas pedal and your brake. So glutamate is going to make you feel really stimulated. GABA is going to be calming. So things like magnesium, you can take things like myonostatol that are really helpful for calming you down, especially, you know, if you have a presentation, a stressful day, you can take it throughout the day as needed or even before bed is a great strategy for some of those calmers to ensure that you're getting into a good sleep cycle, restoring yourself, because that keeps your head above water under stressful conditions. If you sleep
0: And as an expert who spent 15 years helping patients navigate some of these stress responses and cortisol imbalance, what are some things that you do on a day-to-day basis to help help keep your mental uh, health and and your stress levels balanced? Yeah, so I'm totally a nerd.
1: Like if you see me at my house at night, I put on my blue light blocking glasses. They're red tinted, so they block 100% of blue light. I'm very diligent about wearing those 30 to 60 minutes before bed. I have a wearable device. So I track all of my things. I'm curious about when I use different supplements, how does that impact my sleep, my HRV? So I use adaptogens, love adaptogens. I kind of um, pulse them and change them based off of what I have going on. Uh, I exercise with my energy levels and with my cortisol curve. That's another big one. So I have a really great morning response um, to cortisol and love to try to get my workouts in earlier. Um, If I'm a little bit stressed and I need to decompress, I do it through movement. So I'll go on a walk, go on a run. It's also a way that I kind of process, make decisions. And then protein's big. I prioritize one gram of protein per pound of body weight, and it is such a stabilizing force. And I can tell the days that I get that in versus the days that I don't get that in, how I feel and how my blood sugars are and how much I want chocolate at the end of the day <laughs> versus not.
0: What is the link between protein, blood sugar, and cortisol? Because It sounds like through blood sugar, we can help manage our cortisol a little bit better and the protein helps with the blood sugar. Is that how it all yes. works together?
1: Yes, exactly. It's, it, you perfectly communicated the connection there. So our major hormones are cortisol and insulin. We hear a lot about hormones and we think like testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. Those are actually more minor hormones. So cortisol and insulin are very much connected in terms of our daily rhythm. If we can stabilize our blood sugar levels and thus our insulin, we actually control the amount of cortisol that's going to be released throughout the day as well. So that's the big connection up. The more stabilizing you bring your blood sugars and your insulin levels, your cortisol is going to follow that throughout the
0: day. And one interesting thing that I've read and I've seen about cortisol and exercise is that certain exercise is actually bad for cortisol balance. Um, If you have an alarmed state or you are in an exhausted state, your cortisol is really out of balance. Doing really high-intensity cardio, it sounds like it's bad for it. What else about exercise and cortisol is something that people might not know or or they should take into account when they're thinking about their exercise routines? Yeah,
1: I, I actually see this all the time. So if you're exercising really hard and you're like, why am I gaining weight? It's cortisol and it's insulin. So there's your clue. The other thing that's really big is people who are very athletic and they're looking to make muscle gains. They're trying to put on lean muscle mass and they're having a really hard time. If you're under a lot of stress, you're putting your body in what's called a catabolic state. It's a breakdown state. So those hormones are sending signals to break tissues down to fuel your body to run away from the danger, right? When you're building muscle, it's anabolic. And a lot of people know anabolic steroids, you know, like bodybuilders and athletes illegally use. But what we want to do is we want to ensure that we have those anabolic signals being sent so that you can build muscle. So uh, maintaining healthy cortisol levels is critical for athletic performance and this is something that I see a lot with athletes that's critically important is sleep, getting enough protein and making sure your cortisol levels stay stabilized so that you can gain lean mass.
0: And can these adaptogens that we've talked about, the ashwagandhas, rhodiolas, magnolia bark, help impact recovery or help athletes with their performance? Hundred percent. Yeah. So we can see this one in the
1: way that they balance cortisol, and two, even faster in the way that they actually help to stabilize heart rate variability. So I'm a perfect example of this. My daughter was very ill last month. I was sleeping maybe three hours a night. My HRB was horrible. So HRV, we wanted as high as possible. That's a sign of resiliency. So in a good place, I'm like 65. Maybe I'll even get to 70 in my HRV. My HRV was maybe 25 for a month. I mean, I was just so stressed out because I wasn't sleeping. I was concerned about her. So I started using routine stress support, actually. And I was like, I'm going to do an experiment on myself. And the next morning after I took one dose, I woke up and my heart rate variability went from I believe 28, I could screenshot it, to 65 in 24 hours. So that's the power of, again, knowing what's going on, knowing how to intervene and watching those outcomes. It's the power of personalized nutrition.
0: Yeah, and you can really see that from your from your wearables, but you can also likely see it from how you're feeling as well. So a lot of different <laughs> ways to to track what's going on. Um, well, yep. Sarah, this has been fascinating in terms of how we think about stress, how we think about cortisol. Um, as we wrap here, what is one key message you would want everyone to walk away with about stress, about cortisol?
1: Don't write it off. So if you're listening to this and it's like, gosh, yeah, I, I know I'm stressed, please address it because I've worked with you 10 years from now, 20 years from now in my clinical practice, and I promise you it's easier to address it when it's more subtle, it's not severe, and it can turn into more things. So get a cortisol test, get a wearable, or if you have it, start tracking your HRV, start prioritizing some of these things that we understand are really important about your lifestyle, and also find community, talk to people. Um, Even some people need to get a therapist, and that's a really good thing to talk through the stressors in your life that just feel maybe overwhelming and insurmountable. But let's have a conversation about stress. Um, It isn't just in your head. It really does impact your whole body. And also, you're not alone. Um, That's the other thing that I think is really important. Um, Most people are in the same camp you are if you feel stressed out.
0: Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Last question. How can we find out more about you, more about Routine, um, if people are looking for you online? Well, I would say the best way to connect with
1: me is through Routine. So I would recommend you to go to routine.co, connect with us there. And if you're interested, you can also actually set up a one-on-one with me. Whether you're like, where do I start? What should I do? Or you have results from Routine. You have your cortisol results. You're looking at your personalized recommendations, have some questions, would love to help you along the way.
0: Well, thank you, Sarah, for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Precision Health Pod. We'll see you next time. Madden and Mitchell Media.